All right, what's going on, family? We back for another episode of Expanding Culture with Kilo. I got a special guest in the in, in the vicinity. Greg, what's going on, man? What's going on, big dog? Hey, so, I'm uh, glad to be up here chopping it up with you, man. Yeah. We go way back, way, way back. Like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like 2010, 2011 when I met you? 2011, yeah. Yep. So yeah, history, history. Yeah, man. Y'all, y'all, uh, yeah, man. We, we'll get into it. But before we before we get into it, though, tell the people a little bit about yourself. What's your name, where you come from, what's your hometown, you know, yeah. what you do all that good stuff. A little bit about me, man. I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. I joined the uh I was in the Navy. That's how we met. Um, so I got 20 years of military. So I left Chicago when I was 17, 18, joined the military, joined, came to Virginia. And um, been retired since 2016. Uh, got a little, you know, doing my thing. So I'm glad to be up here. Uh, cause let's go. I want to get into the question, so I can roll right into how yeah. we met. Yeah, let's get into it. But first, though, you know, I don't even. Let, let me just. No, nah, all right. Look, let's let's just get into the regular questions that we can get into into this. But so so, what neighborhood of Chicago you come from? Well, I came from Circle Park. That's the neighborhood I grew up in. It's uh, it's kind of different. Circle Park was like, I would call, not gentrification, but they dropped a condominium townhouse apartment right between the projects and Little Italy. So we was in the middle, and Chicago is very, very segregated. So then, like, we had all these new apartments, but all our parents was on Section 8. Mm -hmm. So we didn't know. We just, most of us grew up there. Like, we was, we, we was probably, I think it was probably built in, like, 81, 82. I was born in 78. So when I moved over there, I, we, I was, like, four, three, four, five, something like that. And that's how all of my friends was. So we just knew that. You know what I mean? We didn't even know where the other neighborhoods we came from. But... The people, the buildings, the project buildings, we stayed across the street from the Jane Adams. Um, and it was one of the biggest project facilities in Chicago on the west side. But like I said, it was a bit, and it was a big gate put around it. Big, about the fence, probably eight feet. You know what I'm saying? So on the other, the entry, it was no entry to the project side. No entries at all. Mm -hmm. Right. You want to leave the way to come in and out was through the white people's side, which was on Little Italy. Mm -hmm. And we wasn't. So we was in a weird position because the project kids didn't want to mess with us. Can I curse on this? Yeah, you can say what you want. Project kids didn't want to fuck with us because they thought we had money. They didn't, We didn't know about Section 8. It was just new. It was grass. It, they, they used to call us the new home kids. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because before they when they was growing, when they was little, they watched all it all they football fields, all that got tore down to build our apartments. So it was always, I'm not going to say, it was a little bit of resentment we felt, you know what I'm saying? For no reason. We was just, then when you, when you, you go this way, we couldn't go in that neighborhood because we wasn't white. So we got chased from, you know what I'm saying? So that's where I grew up at, uh, 1111 South Laughlin or South Ashland, depending on where part of the, you know, circle you lived in. Mm-hmm. So that's West Side. So it was it was Southwest Side. How, how so, is that neighborhood now? Is it still like upper? Is it nice or what? How's it now? 
It's still, it's still there. Yeah, they just, my mom, my mom actually lives there now. She lives in the senior citizen side, but what they did, they tore all the projects down. So it was like the first start of gentrification. Then now they took away a lot of the section eight. Um, so you got to pay market rent. So it's kind of expensive to live there now, but it's still there. Where we grew up is still there. And just recently, like I said, my mom lives, they have a senior citizen building there. Um, you know, you got to be a certain age and of a certain income, but so they still do have those. But a lot of the affordable housing that was there, they took away. They don't have those Section 8 vouchers no more. Of course, of course, they get rid of affordable Yeah, housing. of course. It was the first start of gentrification, in my opinion. It but it put like, so I said that to say it was kind of a weird dynamic because we didn't get the true gang experience. We did because most the school we went to was Thomas Jefferson, which was on the other side of the project. Like the project kids, people, the kids that live in the project would jump the gate, walk through our neighborhood, or walk around. So we all went to the same school. Mm-hmm. So, but by us living not in a neighborhood and it being a new neighborhood, gangs never really. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have, I feel like I didn't, when I listen to my homeboys' experiences, I didn't have the same experiences they did because because uh, of the gate, really. Yeah. But yeah. going to school, going to high school, you know, it was the same. Then they would come over there, you know, they tried to get all of everybody to be one game first day, you know, but it was, it was different than what you would typically see on the shy, you know what I mean? We didn't grow up on the block. It wasn't a block like that. Yeah. Okay. That's that's heavy. Chicago, yeah. I feel like I feel like for, honestly, of all the places, they gentrifying everything, right? Everywhere in the country, right? Every everywhere we live at, right? But I felt like mm-hmm. the black people in Chicago, for whatever reason, did the best job of any city I've paid attention to, did the best job fighting against gentrification and keeping the credit. Like as much as they could, mm-hmm. the people who own seemed like they didn't just all sell off and like go to North North that's true. Illinois. Like a lot of the people who was owners. They family still got the cribs. That's not true. We still do too. Yeah. And, sure. and so, I'm sorry, but but that's interesting that you say that because we still got a family-owned building. So, you know, my probably in 1994 we moved out, but I I graduated high school in '96. But my grandfather was a military veteran, so he had a family-owned building. Like my mom, I think my mom is 70. So we can count the years, but he bought, she grew up in that building. My family was from Mississippi and they moved up here because my, my grandfather fought in, I, I'm not sure which war, but one of them wars. So he had his VA loan. So he was able to buy a building in a good neighborhood that was on that racial line, but we still have it to this day. We never sold it. Smart. So on 55th and Aberdeen in Chicago. So my aunt, my uncle still lived there and we still got two apartments. You know, that's, if we come in from out of town, I can stay there. Yeah. That's fire. What, what part of town? So you, you, on? That's on the south side. Okay. That's kind of by, um, dang, what's the name of the neighborhood? Uh, all the black, oh man, not terror towns, Motown. If you ever heard of Motown, but I stayed on the GD side of Motown. So this was a crazy dynamic. Like there's a big street called Garfield or 55th. You know what I'm saying? It's huge. Just like an interstate, like a four lane interstate. It's like that big. It's got probably 
three streets going this east and three going west. And then there's a big grass median in the middle. So on one side of it is GD, but they fractured. So it ain't, they ain't all together. Different mm-hmm. sets be fight different sets kind of, at least when I was growing up. But across the boulevard was Motown. It was all Blackstones. And it was just like constant war. You know what I'm saying? Constant war. But then the neighborhood is a little different now. But the, the black, it was all, it's all still black. It's all still black. But you don't see, it's neighborhood, but in the community. You know what I'm saying? Like my grandfather actually owned a store in the neighborhood. And this is something that I would be and my mom I'd be talking to my mom about, like a lot of the knowledge I didn't even get. You know, I, when I my story, I shit, I ain't have a bank account till I joined the Navy. Right. My mom, like, you know what? That's my my fault because my grandfather, your grandfather, took me and got a bank account, but I never, you know what I'm saying? But that's when the crack epidemic. I, it was so much on our parents, you know what I'm saying? And I was just, if you get a chance, um. My fiance, she's in college. She goes to Indiana State University, and she's in a um, class to talk about uh, gender. It's a gender class, but they talk about a lot of stuff. And she had to watch this episode, this thing on Netflix called Explain. And there's a, a good episode about 16 minutes long. That's why I was kind of running, you know, got right up on here on time mm-hmm. about the racial gap and how. Basically, when we got out of slavery, we, you know, Abraham Lincoln signed the 40 acres in the mule, but we didn't get it because he got executed. And then land, land, it, you know, one lady was like, Yeah, my family bought a home for $1,400 and it now it's worth 700000 mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We never had those opportunities, you know what I mean? Just because they, the way they keep changing the game, they keep changing. So we figure out, okay, it's real estate, then now it's going to be so now it's crypto, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And everybody, now, you know, Big Mama had a house, but I ain't messing with no crypto. You know what I'm saying? So we still got nice. still getting, yeah. you know what I mean? That's but good. let's keep going because I really want to, the, the, the change of lanes portion is huge mm-hmm. in who I am and why I still do what I do. And, and you know, and even, even today, as I sit here today, like I'm really trying to think of a new initiative, but because I'm in a different place in life and I still want to be able to, help lead men black men especially to show them it's better but that's that's um that's cold that you said that and i i always it's an energy about chicago you know i was uh, i was up there for the little bit of time i was in great lakes but then i always would go back you know what i'm saying to visit i had people up there and all that and it's just like a certain consciousness y'all just got up there even if y'all in the streets or whatever y'all doing whatever it seemed like black people up there just got a, a consciousness about themselves that you know what I'm saying? That eventually when they get done gangbanging or when they get done playing around, doing whatever, they're going to always come back to that foundational knowledge that y'all just, for some reason, got up there. And I think that's part yeah, of why I mean, y'all haven't been easy to gentrify about y'all spots, because y'all got a foundational knowledge still there. Because most of our family can't, everybody in Chicago got family from Mississippi. You know what I'm saying? So it was like Almost kind of like I, I look at like my my plight kind of like my grandfather, because in so many ways, when I joined the Navy, I felt like a sellout. I felt like, you know, I didn't feel like that, but I felt like that's how people who didn't leave Chicago looked at me. Right. Until I just 
stayed true to who I am. And then, bro, I became like Moses. For real, for real, if I count how many people that I know between family and friends that joined the military, and they're like, nigga, when you came back home with them real nigga, <laughs> I was like, nigga, I got So, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, but, you know. That was real. I had a few people it, don't come in after me because they seen me. I told them, like, just like you said, the thing about the sellout. I didn't feel like a sellout when I got in, though. I was, I never knew nothing about the military at all. You know what I'm saying? And my people mm. was in. My dad was in the army. My grandparents. I had, you know, I had the people in, but I never asked them questions about it. I didn't really know nothing about it. So when I came in, I was like, I knew immediately this ain't for me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I still was telling people, yo, join the Navy because it's the easiest money you ever going to get. Easiest like, money, bro. You know what I'm saying? I was telling people that. I, I was like, if you could just deal with these people talking to you weird, like ways that we never was used to nobody talking to We you, not like, used to. Yeah, yeah if, you could, if you could deal with that, <clears throat> this is going to be the easiest money you ever get. <clears throat> and here's the thing. That's like most of corporate America. I mean, now I guess corporates are changing since you got the, you got more white people now that grew up around black people. So they're not as... Don't get me wrong. They still want to use us the same way. Slavery ain't changed. You know what I'm saying? The knowledge is power. So if you got it, if you if you know about a business and you want to work for me, even even like some people be like, man, let me, you want to be ownership with me? Nah, bro, I work for you, though. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't understand ownership. Right. So the work environment, right? even the military environment starting to change, I would assume, because you got more chiefs now that grew up with black people. You know what I'm saying? You got more higher rank in that group. You that's just how the world is becoming now. But still, you're right if you can deal with it. Yeah, and I and I know some people. You know, <clears throat> it's weird to think like, cause I still be just looking at myself like being young. But you know, in military time, I came in at 17. If I would have stayed in, I would be almost retired now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. How old so are you now? Huh? I'm 31 now, so I would have had 14 in if I would have stayed in. Yeah, you still would have had a little ways to go, though. I know, but I'm just that's one more reenlistment, though. When you think about it, right? You know, yeah, so I just think about mm-hmm. it like, damn, like 31. Well, I remember being 17 and thinking, like, if you're 30, you was old as hell. I remember feeling like the 28 year old seemed old to us, you know what I'm saying? Like, right? So, but I was just telling people, like, yo, you can, um, now people I came in with making chief now and all this type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's just, it's just wild. But yo, let me, let me move it on though. Cause we, we can ramble about that. So was you always into cars though? No cars never really like people ask me why Dodge. It was just an idea, bro. I just needed a platform and I didn't have, I'm not an actor, you know what I'm saying? I'm funny, but car, everybody drives a car. So cars was really, I'm a flashy dude. Mm-hmm. So when I got enough money to hook up cars, I started hooking up cars. But that's just me. You know what I'm saying? I was hooking up my room when I was, it, it just, that's just me. I like over the top shit. So I know when I, when I came, the story, this, this is exactly what happened, what made me start a car club. I was always in the shit. And me and my homeboy was going to go to Picasso's before your time around in Virginia. Mm-hmm. We leaving out. And we go to a 7-Eleven. So it's probably like 10 o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock, because we want to get there a little early. We pull up. We got He got a navigator. I got an expedition. We banging, boom, boom, rims, TVs. So when we turn all the music off to get gas, 
it was some little kids with bikes and shit. They, you know, they was just walking through the neighborhood. They was cutting through the parking lot. Mm -hmm. So me just being observant and aware of my surroundings, I started listening to what they were saying. Of course, I didn't know them, but they was like, yeah, them niggas, that, that's them niggas from the, what's the name neighborhood? No, it ain't, no, them niggas ain't getting money. Like, look at them niggas, them niggas got money. <laughs> them niggas got, so I'm like in my head, like, no, I'm yeah. the nigga on the USS Wasp. Like, I'm not a trap. Like, mm -hmm. so that's when I started to feel like a sellout. Cause I'm like, everybody like didn't understand a little bit. Like, oh, you want to the, cause my, my, my grandfather was in the military. What made me join was my father, like, nigga, look, it's real out here. You know what I'm saying? And my, my godfather, who was really more like my uncle, was in the Air Force, but I never knew it. I didn't even know it until this conversation. My father and my godfather took me out, took me downtown Chicago, and they broke it down like this. When they graduated high school, my dad, they both got drafted. My dad did something. I, he was working at the post office. So since he had a government job, he didn't have to go to the military. So that's how he didn't go. My godfather went and just happened to go to the Air Force, became an electrician. So about four years, four to six years in, my godfather got stationed. And, no, he went overseas immediately for like four to six years. My dad went to the penitentiary. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So my father was just like, and then when my godfather came back after like six years, he went overseas. He got stationed in New Jersey. My dad went out there with him. And they was just two Chicago niggas running wild with a little bit of money. But my father saw, like, when my godfather came home, he was an electrician. So they all, I, me, my memory is they always worked together. But mm -hmm. now going back, my, my godfather was always like a supervisor and brought my dad on. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, Nigga, I'm going to get you in. You know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> when I became a senior in high school, he came up to my school and... <laughs> he talked to my teacher and I was, in, I, had, I went to a vocational high school. So it was like the first six periods was regular high school. The last four was whatever your vo vo vocation was. Mine was auto mechanics. Mm -hmm. So my father, he, he asked me these questions like, nigga, how did you going to school? When, what you went? Cause I had a job at Burger King. All I'm buying is clothes and video games. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not applying for no colleges. So he came to my school to see, you know, like, I guess what path he wanted to push me down. And he knew I wasn't going to college. Mm -hmm. So he they was like, look, you need to go to the military. And I didn't even know my father was ever in the penitentiary. You know what I'm saying? I never knew he was in jail. He yeah. was like, yeah, nigga, yes. Go, go. So I'm like, I don't want to be, if I'm going to get shot, this is what I told my daddy. He almost punched me. He, if I'm going to get shot, I might as well take the risk and, you know what I'm saying, move some work. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to get paid more money. He said, yeah. he said, look, well, look, this is what he said. He said, well, if you're going to stay in my house, this is what we're going to do. First of all, you ain't selling no drugs. You already know. We ain't even going down that path. Right, well, you know, I'm just saying, before I got to get shot. Mm -hmm. So he asked me what my plan was. Well, I was going to go to school. He just basically, just to speed it up, put, made it like I was going to be like, I was going to have to pay rent, still have a curfew, and still have, you know, so I'm like, he ain't playing. So I'm like, I got to go. Mm -hmm. That's why I joined the military. Yeah. But like you said, 17, so at five years, six years in, I'm 22, 23, you already know what I look like. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But And I'm an E5. You know what I'm saying? So single. So yeah, all my money, BAH, you already mm -hmm. know how what we looking like. So I'm 23. Yeah. 
probably making close to 50000 mm-hmm. You already know how I'm acting. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a nigga that ain't never had shit. But that's okay because I see how my people listen to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They already gone. Like, it don't, bro, all you got to say is whatever then. I could be selling work. Just like when Big Boy with ATL, he pulled up on 26s, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In the movie, in that movie ATL. It's the same effect. But except I'm not selling work, I'm like, man, you could join the Navy. You can join the military. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a dope boy. I ain't never sold dope. Mm-hmm. I'm from Chicago. So I'm and I'm from the dope boy era. That's just what it is. So that's what made me start changing lanes. Them boys that night, I felt, I felt like I wasn't doing my part. Like, nigga, you made it. You just, you, you got this, you got here for this to stunt yeah. and go and go to the club. No, bro. That's how I start feeling within myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody have a conversation with me. I just, when I heard that, it was disheartening. How old was so, you right at that time? Probably, like I said, about 22, 23, 24. Okay. You know what I mean? So, actually, no, I'm lying. No, no, no. Because that was probably in 05. So, I joined the Navy in 96. So, I had already been in 10, 11 years. Okay. So, I joined the... At that point, I didn't know what... I knew how I felt. So, I started thinking, and the only person that I could... Huh? Oh, go ahead. My bad. So that was like in 05. So I probably was what? I joined Navy at 17. I, I might have been close to 30. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And, and really at that point, you know, as a man, I'm going to be honest with you. I felt I felt like I was immature. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, but because because I was always young because my birthday was in, is in September. So I always been the youngest one in the class. I was the youngest one in, on the ship when I first came in the Navy. But mm-hmm. then it started to level off. Like, even though I was a second class, I wasn't like y'all, y'all old second classes. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but it started to become a thing where like, okay, I, I need, it's like, this ain't me no more. I got to be the big homie. You know what I mean? Right. But I, I, it was like, okay, should I Carlton? Like, that was the first part, like, do I need to be, like, ho-hum, chums? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because how do you how do you get people to even look at you and respect you as a black man and take you seriously? That's what, what I was saying. Like, how even not even white people. I'm talking about the little black kids. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, so I started, I joined the car club, and... I had a truck, I had an expedition on 24, you know, just because I like to do it. So I had the best car or whatever. And it was fine. I love the camaraderie, but it was like, okay, this is what people in car clubs do. So I'm like, because I didn't know. Even though we had car clubs in Chicago, I didn't know what they did. I wasn't in one. I ain't had no damn car. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm like, I'm seeing the power that could come with this. And it's like, it's like, it's almost like an untapped resource to have a platform. It's kind of how I, but they wasn't using it right. Mm-hmm. So I stayed cool with them. I was in and I, you know, I was still in the military. I wasn't serious about the car club thing. And then, um, you remember Lil Greg? Yeah. Okay. 
he had a homeboy that was also in the Navy. So years later, now this is probably three years later. That was in like 05. I, so now I just, I bought a Magnum and I do what I do. Put rims on it. Did some, you know, I went no car. No, I, went, I wasn't in no car club. I just had the Magnum. So I had done a little work to it. And I'm on the interstate and this dude pulled up. He tried to race me. And then we raced. And then he was like, yo, get off, get off. So we get off. And he asked, you know, what, what I did to the car and all of that. You know, I'm talking there, so we chop it up. Then he like, my homeboy got a Magnum. It was Lil Greg. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, yo, let's, let's let's talk. So we all hung out, and Greg was cool. The dude, Sean, wind up trading his car in. So we like, man, we don't know. We don't even know each other. Now you got it. He was like, man, y'all, but both our names was Greg. So you know what I'm saying? And it was cool. Then we were just hanging out, doing little stuff to our cars. And man... Bro, it was like, you know how they say stuff was just meant to happen. Yeah. Because we was all the way up. You have been to Cambridge Apartments oh, in Hampton? Hampton? Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. We was out there. Oh, what was the one next to Cambridge? I don't even remember that one, but I know everybody lived Whatever. That's like what Lil Greg lived. lived. Cambridge, though. Right. So you remember how the long, when you turn to make a left or right down the long block, Greg lived all the way at the end. Man, it was four cats. Three of them had chargers and one of them had a Magnum. And they were just Navy, the Navy niggas hanging out. But mm -hmm. man, one of them was wanking. His beats was hitting so hard. And me and little Greg was down there talking. We was like, it's scared. I'm like, what, what is that? We looked down and all we see is charger, 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 Magnum. We like, oh shit. So we was like, Yo, let's go catch up with them. You know what I'm saying? So they was at the gas station, stunt wiping the rims down, you know, mm -hmm. just, just getting gas. We was like, where y'all going? They was like, we just riding. So we just rolled in the line with them. And a couple of them was from Chicago. Mm -hmm. Me too. So we kind of knew how to ride like a car club already. We just started pulling up in spots. Yo, what's your name? What's your name? Okay, okay. We all stay. All right, let's hop. Hey, we finna go over here. Went to Norfolk State. Bro, everywhere we went, we was the show. Mm. And it wasn't just the cars. It was the it was the niggas driving the cars, bro. It was like, so we all looking at each other like, yo, we don't even know what's happening. But this nigga is happening. This shit is real. Like, damn, we, it's like, bro, we went to Noble State and shut it down, bro. Mm -hmm. We, we, I mean, all our people had caught pictures. We was like, we didn't even know what to think. So we left, came back to Hampton and went to Queens Way. And that's what my boy AJ, who was the original president, was like, I think we should start a car club. And I was like, oh, I've been in a car club before. And so since I had, you know, and by then I was uh, first class. Oh, yeah. So I was the oldest, highest ranking member in the military. But and I knew the most about car clubs. And I had and with these little young men, but. Young Thundercats. Everybody was handsome. Everybody was at least second class or third class. You know, so single, all had their own money. Mm -hmm. And they was just go-getters. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody. So the energy was just, it was, it was like, it was crazy. So go ahead. That's how we met. That's how, you know, that's the backstory. Yeah. <laughs> I like the story. You know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I mess with y'all heavy. But this is the crazy thing. I don't even know if you realize this. This is what I'm stamping you with. It. I'm stamping y'all with. Y'all the reason that Chargers is known as the military cars now. I know, bro. I know that. Y'all the I reason was for that. I that up to you. 
I was going to a lot of people, a lot of people don't give us credit. And I laugh at my daughter. I try to get my daughter to go to the military. My my stepson just went and, and everybody, the main joke was, well, at least y'all know y'all gonna get a charger. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that comes from so, you sure. know, bro, that's what I like. People and see, nobody could ever understand why they couldn't be better than us. And it was like, because we not playing the same game as you. I don't need the best car, bro. Okay, you want the most car show trophies? Here. We doing volunteer work. You yeah. see what I'm saying? And then when they, oh, well, let's do volunteer work. Guess what? We run back the other way. Now, since they, since there was already a standard and a precedence, see, you always got to run towards the fire. You see what I mean? If you want, if you want to really make the change, you got to run into the fire. So now all they did was set the table for us to run right behind them and spend less money. They mm-hmm. trying to compete with us because we had new cars. We yeah. really didn't have to do much. But our goal was not even to stunt like that, bro. We stunted with a goal. We want to be in the community. We understand what we're here for. We all young, black, urban. Let's, why can't we use our platform to tell these little dudes, like, yo, join the military. At least you'll get a charger. Mm-hmm. We never said that. You know what I'm saying? But we was all charging a challenger club. So, you know what I'm saying? My thing was, I don't care. Look, we had so many people in the club because it, it became a problem because the, the message was so good. And because I was at that age where I could talk, I was older, but I had young qualities too. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I was attracting both. You know what I mean? But you had fun. You, you wasn't older and acting old. You were still having fun. Still well, having let me fun. Say, let, me, let me say something real quick. To, all right. So the people out there who are not familiar with Changing Lanes is a car club started in Virginia, right? 757 area, Tidewater area, Hampton Roads area, right? Started by these fellas. They had a few charges at the time, right? Before they started this car club and back when, when they first brought charges and magnums and all this type of stuff back out, it was known as like the street dude car. The, the dope boys was driving around and then putting the big rims on them. You seen rappers with them. You didn't, they didn't really have a stigma except they was just nice dude cars. When Changing Lanes came, and started growing, growing, growing. Now y'all know Chargers as the military car nowadays. It wasn't that 12 years ago. Th- yeah. These guys had this car club and would be driving down the highway with 100 Chargers, 50 Chargers down the highway, blocking traffic like a convoy. If anybody ever been part of a convoy, that's how they would be driving down the highway with 50 vehicles or more. And they would be going to different cities. I remember going to Howard Homecoming like this being part of Howard Homecoming Parade, official Howard Homecoming Parade with y'all. So this is the reason that, like, I don't think if, if, if we can't even express how big of a situation is, especially in Virginia. Y'all was definitely the biggest movement in Virginia for sure. But this is what I'll say, right? I met y'all because I'm, I just first bought my camera. I bought a camera in 2011, right? So I'm knowing, I'm young. I'm, I'm whatever. I'm like, let me, I'm trying to find something to do so I can start meeting people and all this. I got a camera. I start going to, I'm at, I go to Buck Road Beach in Hampton, right? Yep. I see a motorcycle out there. I take pictures of motorcycle, but then I see like a line of cars down, down in the parking lot. On the it's, beach. On yeah, the, it's, we it's was charges. on Buck Road Beach. Yeah, on the, on the beach, right? So then I go up there. I take, I'm just walking around. I didn't know none of y'all. I just start taking pictures of the cars. And then one of you, it probably was you really, Probably said, Me. you know what you're doing? I'm like, yo, can I um take these pictures or videos or whatever? Yep. I was like, yeah, you could do that. And then I don't even know how I went from there, but I just know from there, I just start going everywhere y'all went. 
I, every card show y'all went to, y'all used to do stunt Sundays in Norfolk. Y'all used to just be riding. It, 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 Wait, let me jump in real quick. Because okay, even ahead. though what, what made me want to, first of all, we was tired of getting used. People would take pictures of us and then use us to, hey, come to our car show. So I was like, yo, hold up, hold up, hold up. Who are you? <laughs> to see who you worked for. So once you, then I asked you, let me see your pictures. I said, well, let me see what you took of us. I like the vision. You had a vision mm-hmm. of how you were shooting us. And it, I don't know, it just made us look good. So we got your information and I'm like, yo, I want to pay you to do what you're doing. You know what I mean? Not much, but we at least pay for your room and stuff like that. So you was mm-hmm. with it. And then yeah. we wound up being on a trip together. <laughs> That's what really, you know what yeah. I'm saying? When I seen you later on, I was like, Kilo, you like, yeah. you in the Navy? I didn't even know you was in the Navy. Yo, listen, I just was, because look, this is the thing. I didn't even really have to do nothing because y'all was the show. I like to be in the background anyway. So I'm right. I still wanted to be in the mix a little bit. So wherever y'all was going, all right, we going, if we're going to DC, okay. If it's an after anniversary party in Atlanta, I'll be down there too. Y'all made sure my room was straight. I'm going to come and I'm going to make sure we got pictures of everything. You know what I'm saying? Right. We're going to do promo if it's an event coming up. Y'all did, I remember y'all doing y'all anniversary car, car shows and all this. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I was going because I was young. I was I was 21. I was 20 years old when I met you. You know what I'm saying? I remember. So I was only 20. I'm like, but then when I'm going out, they probably looking at me a little weird because I'm I might be I'm in the club with Moet. Now you ain't see cameramen doing cameramen wasn't in popping bottles like that back then. It wasn't regular. So I'm in the I'm in the club. It might have been uh what's the, uh super little Greg, yep. you know, might have been in Atlanta yep. models. Like I wasn't, no cameraman was moving like that back. You was weird right. cameraman back then. You know, so I was a little bit different. I was quiet. They didn't really know what, where this kid come from, but they didn't care though. Right. I was cool. I wasn't in the way of nothing. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I, I give credit to, to always give credit to two, two people. When I talk about my camera journey, you and face, you remember face world? Face. Yeah, I still. Oh, face. Yeah, you face. You talking water. about? You, t- you was about to talk about a diff- different face. I know him too. He helped me out too. But face world. He was a rapper. He he's still a rapper now. He in Atlanta with the water. He I remember he was a rapper, but he had his own water. Yeah, face. Yep. So him, he let me. He let me uh, record him, and then y'all let me record because that stuff was helping me build my portfolio. People seeing me with y'all, they would be like, "Yo, can you come do this?" I did a stripper birthday party because of y'all. You know what I'm saying? That like, was the remember? point, though. Yeah. That was the point. See what I'm saying? You got to create a platform mm. for other people, too. See, that was the thing that, that and why a lot of people also couldn't grow. Because it's hard when you got a vision in your head and as it's coming true, like, yeah, you could you could feel like, yeah, I'm doing it. But, bro, you only, I only know so many people. Like, you mm. see what I'm saying? So you got to allow other people to make the vision and the dream theirs too. Not just be a part of it. They got to be, they got to have the same energy and nobody can match my energy. But give me two hours. When you come out, I just need two of your hours. Get off your fucking phone. Let's pick up trash. Tell these kids what you do. Just two hours. So even if they was, you know what I'm saying, smoking, smoking, drinking, whatever. Because you know we used to party. Like you gotta wake up. We gonna be. We have to be here. Just give me an hour. Give, give me an hour. So I was be- just like that's how I was to get these you know, people like yourself mm-hmm. to make it your movement too. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Changing lanes wasn't just big green. It was you too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that that was that's a great movement that even just like that just groomed, that just helped to groom. Cause then I'm moving around like even when I wouldn't be with y'all, people would recognize me. And just I had somebody mm. do like some um I'm, my homeboys doing a video. I'm shooting a video. Somebody that I knew through going to parties and doing the club with you and face and all them out in um Chesapeake or what you remember the club, uh Blakely. Nah. It was after that. Oh, right. You met us after Blake. Um, um, was, um, I can't even think, but Face had me doing the photography at that club. I can't think of the name. With the three, yeah, the three rooms. Yeah, yeah. Dream they Lounge. Had, they had a, what was it called? Dream, dream Lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dream, yeah, Dream, I'm, Dream I'm, Lounge. I'm running into people at, at clubs and all this. So I'm doing a video for my homies. And one of the dudes that I knew just from being with y'all, he had some of his video girl homies, like model chick, being my people video just because... He ain't even asked me for. He just told the girl, "Come get in the video." You know what I mean? So that's the yeah. Kind of like, we, we was making all type of connections. Even even down here, you probably didn't even notice. I started I started my own nonprofit down here, and I had uh, I had hit up the Changing Lanes chapter down here, and one of your members down in Atlanta came and helped me pass food out. Now nobody showed up, but she came though. You know what I'm saying? She uh, was secretary, but she still came to help out. So that just being connected with Changing Lanes was was big for my photography and videography career in the, in the 2010s time frame. You know what I'm saying? Dang. Well, I, hey, man, look, I'm glad I can help out, bro, because like I said, it's all about, like, it's like a tree. Like, you never know. Always try to be positive when you meet people because you never know what they... They may save you. You you know what I'm saying? You you never know what you're gonna what you're gonna need people for or how they may grow, how you may affect them. But I'm really that was the initiative then. I wanted to do something to change the way people looked. And I'm and when I say people, I'm talking about our people, how our people looked at young black people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know if I had any effect on on, on America. I, I well, maybe. Cause like I said, when I seen that meme, it was like if you go to the military and, and I it had the the charger. I said, <laughs> yeah, I I don't claim it, but I know what it is. Yeah. Like you said, they were dope boy cars. People used to people, bro. In my little town, my 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 my, my grandma, Mayfield, Kentucky, right? Well, is it Mayfield, Tennessee? It's right on the borderline, Tennessee, Kentucky. They took a dope dealer charger. Put lights on the top and still they didn't they they didn't paint it to take the rim, had it beaten in there. No, I don't know about the music, but <laughs> it looked just like it's called with police lights on the top. Mm -hmm. So it was like they would do things like that in these little towns. They would seize the stuff and like let them know, like, yeah, I wanted to take the charge of the challenge of the magnum and our our swag, you know what I mean, and let it mean something different. Cause it ain't even just about the car. That's just that was just. Dodge just really got lucky, but yeah. it had to be something to attract our people. You know what I mean? I could tell them about the college fund, the money, the the swag, bro. The swag mm -hmm. that I, that just y'all y'all had a couple standout cars, right? Of course, you you had the Bears joint, right? You had little Greg with the with the Incredible Hulk, right? But you had so, my man Memphis with the um his was Incredible Joker. Hulk too. Joker. Oh, he was Joker. He was okay, Joker. I was thinking green, but it was green and purple. He had the Joker. Then you had this. Is this was a this was a wild card that y'all had. This was one of the biggest tools that y'all had for recruiting. I feel the young dude from from Indianapolis with the Buzz Lightyear card. What's his name? Yep, Ant Jones. Yeah, 
Aunt Jones. He, look, he hey, looked, don't he look like the, the baby? Yeah, he was the youngest. And he was like, now nah, he was young. He had the big dip set earrings in. You know, say he had to fly chicks with him all the time. And his will, his will, every time he get out, his wheels are still moving. Like he just, he's standing Jones, there, everything still. So I'm like, he he was one of the recruiting tools I know that had to help with a lot of the younger dudes. We were superstars, man. Everybody, and see, that's the thing, right? A lot of people don't know how to get out of their own way. Like when you have a big personality, like, like I do, you know what I mean? A lot of times people want to be, they want to be the man. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to be the man, though. Mm-hmm. So when you want to be the man, you're going to beef with Memphis, Aunt Jones, Super, Lil Greg, because they got their own universe. Them niggas' personalities is huge. Yeah. So in order to be able to sit next to people that big, first of all, you got to be self-confident. You know what I'm saying? You can't be laughing at who you are. You know what I mean? Because... Everybody, I mean, I, I you gotta remember it was a target on my I had my car done first. So everybody called it better than mine by the time it was done. You know what I mean? But it didn't matter to me because I just had to get the ball rolling. When I got my car painted, oh, we passed, you know what I'm saying? When I got my wheels, when I did the engine work, not to say other people was following me like that, but you know, it was just a trending thing, you yeah. know what I mean? And since I was the highest ranking, I maybe had the most money, but whatever. But yeah, you're right, bro. You're right. And and that was us getting out of our own way to let other people be superstars, to not be worried about, dang, is he going to take your club? Because people used to say that. Ooh, you ain't got the best car no more. Like, take my club. Bro, and, y'all they love, had, they and, y'all fe- and y'all had females with harder cars than a lot of other dudes, too. Y'all had a few. Savannah, you had Crystal, you had... Uh, what, what's the... Nice um, Remember yeah, Nigel with the black and pink? Yeah, I was just about to say, I rode in her car with her before one time. Just leave, we was leaving one of them, uh, probably Norfolk State homecoming or something. She she drove me around. Like y'all had y'all had some y'all had some people. You know it's crazy. You remember Darla with the orange joint, orange Taylor. Joint. Yeah, yeah. She she actually grew up with my dad in Pennsylvania. Really? Yeah, they grew up together. Wow, she's yeah. still in the club. We talk every day. No, nah, not yeah. every day, but we changed the club now. So we have national offices like me, Lil Greg, Savannah, Dayla, Chief. I don't know if you remember Chief, dark skinned dude with the red with the white on the side. Travis and his wife live down here too. I didn't tell you that. I've seen them. I used to see them a lot at Walmart and stuff. Wow. Yeah, his wife do nails and stuff now. Yep. They was, they was, they did, hey, they was, man, I love them so much. They was a good couple. Yeah. They was a good couple. But now we got national. So, Dayla, she she's the national chief sergeant at arms. Hmm. Yeah, that's what she was back in VA, the sergeant at arms. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's fire. But, yeah, she grew up with my dad in Farrell, Pennsylvania. You know? Man. Well, I, like, I, you know, that, that's that's crazy. Small world. Mm-hmm. But as I as we grow, because we still not a nonprofit, not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I really, you know, there's a big thing where I want to let people know, especially young black people, that the military is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Because in our community, heavily there's a stigma to say, like, it's the white man's military and all this, like this ain't the white man's country, period. You can work at McDonald's. That's a white man's McDonald's. Like, 
I got I, I try to talk to my uh son in law, soon to be son in law, you know, and um he didn't want to join the military because he 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 don't like war and stuff like that. And I get it, but he worked at Walmart. And I said, go look, go look and see who sell the most bullets in the United States. Mm-hmm. You can look that up. Yeah. Who sell more who what company sell more, more the most bullets in the United States? Walmart. Yeah, because of rifles and stuff like that. So I'm like, you, you, you know, I get it. You don't want to go to war and all, and maybe that might you feel like you're hurting people or something like that. I feel like, but you work for Walmart. Bullets, bullets are bullets. They some they getting shot. Mm-hmm. So I really, you know, want to start an initiative to let people in the in the hood know. Look, man, you ain't got to do twenty, but as a as a business, if you look at the advantages that you have as an eighteen year old. You know, I, like I try to explain to my daughter. I said, look at it like sports. You signed a four-year guarantee. You guaranteed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, something happens. But yeah. you do what you're supposed to do. You guarantee at least E3. And now you in the game because it ain't even about the money. It's like, how? where do you go to get what you're going to get in college? Because what you get in college, I mean, you're going to learn. You get to establish your network. Mm-hmm. You get to meet people from all over the world. You know what I'm saying? You get to go all over the world, too, if you do a little deployment or something. And that's the military. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so many advantages that as a young man or woman, especially when they, man, bro, it's so hard. It's a glass ceiling in these black neighborhoods. You know what I'm saying? You look out the window. We all can see the Sears Tower. But when you go downtown, you ain't welcome. You don't even understand. Like, I'm a Chicagoan like you. They like, oh, what you doing? You know what I'm saying? Because you young or black, bro, it's like that. Yeah. So the military helped, like, get me past that glass ceiling. Because, you know what I'm saying? When I got people that's my equal, we, we work together or work for me. Like I said, man, you should buy a house. You know how many people don't buy houses that, you know what I'm saying? I don't even know nobody in Chicago that own. Well, yeah, I do a few because my homeboy paint houses, so he do have a house. You know what I'm saying? But it ain't like everybody I know in Virginia got a house. I, you know what I'm saying? One homie don't. Mm-hmm. You know how important it is. You know ownership is important. So I just want to let people know, man, the military is an easy way to get up out of that jam. If you don't want to go to college, mm-hmm. you ain't got the money for college, or you just want to. You know, whatever. It's a it's a job. Yeah, it is a job. First of all, when you when you um, I t- I tell people the same thing because you know there's some some people that ain't never been in the military don't really know what it's like. They done started this initiative like take recruiters out of black schools. I'm like, do y'all know what Bro. you're gonna do to which do y'all know what y'all gonna do to black kids if you do that? You don't understand how because like you know a lot of the white kids they go to the military they like they every family member they got been in the military they want to fight for the country. That's what they do. We going because we need a guaranteed job. That's why black people, for the most part, is going to the military. That's money that you would not have gotten at 17 unless you did something crazy. You can go in exactly. Even like me, I didn't have, I wasn't ROTC, none of that. I came in as an E1, got out of boot camp as an E2, and I had to, I had the right job. I was electronics. So they gave me E4. You was ET, right? I was an ET, yep. I had radar tech. I came right out of um, C school with the E4. So everybody don't get the automatic E4, but still, let's just say you come out, you get into your little fleet, you go on your ship, E3, whatever, you still going to make more money than you would have made at 18 with no college degree, no no, no college and, degree. 
you're going to make more money and you're going to have all the benefits. And when you do your four years, you got free college and they're going to pay you BAH while you go. Bro, there's no other you, job you, like you, that. You miss you, you still miss something. That's a lot. More. The school you went to, bro, that's you went to an ECPI level or higher level school. Oh, yeah. I don't have to go to college after that. Huh? I don't, I, and I didn't. When I, when I got out the military, I didn't have to go to college to get the type of work I'm in now. I could just use the skills from the military and go get a job just straight up. Like now, some people do have it harder than others. But if you get the right. right military job, you can, without school, without college, go straight into the workforce making money immediately. If you if you really get the right one, you can go work for yourself as an electrician or uh, uh, anything, something like that. Anything, you know anything, bro. And you, so it's like in my in, in the way I think. If you young, you black, you'll be a fool not to go to the military. You know what I'm saying? Like because. Your options are, I'm going to go to college and I like you pick a job. I don't care. Pick a job. Black people say they want to do out of high school. Just, you, I don't know. Nurse. My daughter says she want to be a nurse. I'm like, okay. why would you go get $60,000, $30,000 in student loans to go be a nurse when you could just go be a corpsman for a little while, then come out of, they're going to pay. Come on, man. We ain't got food. I ain't got, you know what I'm saying? You ain't making no full ride. Bro. What are you doing, bro? You know, another it's too thing, easy. Another thing, they don't, I think what, what people was thinking about the military, they thinking about 1965. It's like they're not understanding that modern military is not that. First of all, right. like, most people never ever see a bullet fly. Like the vast majority. 20 years, never yeah, saw a bullet fly. You ain't, most people not going to, like I went to Afghanistan, I volunteered for IA though, but I didn't have oh. to. You know what I'm saying? Right. I didn't have to go over there. They they just one day morning muster. They was like, yo, we got this billet opening up. It's an E5 billet, but they'll go one up, one down. Who won it? I was in dry dock in, on the Roosevelt. I, I remember. Do it. You know what I'm saying? Because they had the Haiti, they had the Haiti earthquake thing. They wouldn't let me go to that. I, I tried to volunteer TAD for that. They told me no. That the Afghanistan thing came up the next month and they let me do it. You know why though? Because if you would have went to Haiti. You wouldn't have been using your job, even though we was in the shipyards. Mm -hmm. That's why. That's well, what they that's told really me was why. they told me no to the to Haiti because I was brand. I had just got out of Indoc like two weeks before that. They was like, "You too new for this." For that, I was. I was. Gotcha. Fresh. I, with the Afghanistan thing, it wasn't a bunch of volunteers for that. Of course, it's Afghanistan, right? So right. I was like, I, "I'll go." But if if I didn't volunteer for that, I would have never been on deployment at all because I was dry docked. My when I got out of sea school. The ship left Norfolk and went to Newport News. Like I got, I got there as soon as they got the Newport News. Mm. I would have never, I would have never even went on any deployment at all. A lot of people, yeah, you would got out of yeah. combat. A lot of people say they don't want to go to the Navy because they like, oh, I can't swim. How many times you had to jump off a ship? You ain't got to jump only off when, the ship. only on deployment when we wanted to swim. You, yeah, you wanted to though. Swim card, right? You, do that. you don't have to do like they think. I don't know what people think about the military, but that's mostly what keep them from going because they think, oh, I'm going to get shot at or I'm going to have to jump off a boat and save. I don't know what they think. There's not but. enough of us. And that's what I'm saying. I really want to start. And I and I know I got the power. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be a certain you got to be a certain type of person to lead an initiative. You know what I mean? You got to have it. You got to have people believe in you. And I know that I can do that. You know what I'm saying? And I really feel like 
just like we got the charger to be synonymous with joining the military, I really feel like I can get more, I could, I could change the way black people look at the military if they heard more. Bro, you know how many black veterans it is out there from the hood? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, I can't tell you the name because we got a little, I'm working on a little clothing line, little situation right now. So we'll talk offline if you want to know more about it. But mm-hmm. it's big, man. I, uh, you remember Rogers, LS1 Rogers? I think he was on the Roosevelt with him too. I might have. I might have. I ain't even well, talked to a bunch of people in the, in the, in the, um, on the ship, though. You know, most of most of my, like I told you, I got a bunch of people to go. I used to hang with people I grew up with. They joined the military after me. So I really didn't hang uh, with a lot of Navy people. I hung with people from my hometown, but for the most part. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But I probably, that name do sound familiar, though, LS1 Rogers. Yeah, you, y'all you knew each other. Okay. But um, we, we, we've been, we still, we retired, you know what I'm saying? But think about how many inner city youth Black inner city youth that joined the military between 95 and damn and, and, and 2020. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or that 95 and, and 2015. So there's a lot of people that retired already. You know what I'm saying? People that got out and they they giving back, they still contributing. You know what I mean? You I don't that's I don't I wouldn't imagine. You know what I'm saying? I I haven't seen no young no veterans like doing. I don't know. I only see veterans doing good stuff. And there's a lot of young black veterans mm-hmm. owning their own businesses, working at good government jobs, yeah. doing a lot of stuff, man. So why would you not want to come in the military if you're young and black and urban? I don't. I don't get it. Now it's not for everybody. Federal government is definitely the, it's the biggest employer of black people in the country. Just Mm. Out. It's like 25% of the, of the federal workforce is black. That's that's is no other company like that. No big ones anyway. They wow. employ by far the most black people. So, and really the way the, and the reason if we want to get political a little bit real quick, states' rights versus the federal government has always been a thing. The fight versus states versus the feds has always been a thing because the feds has always have to try to uphold the constitution or whatever, for and everybody. Try, to, try to be fair for everybody, right? In the state, black people are gonna get way more discrimination because the state already didn't want you to have nothing. The feds is where you gonna have to, like, because that's why I like military, everybody's even. It don't matter if you came in at this time, if this is your rank, this is your pay. That's it, don't matter what, nothing matter for real. You came in, mm. it's the same thing for post office workers. It's the same thing for every, in any federal job you're talking about, you get paid based on your level. That's it. GS, whatever. It ain't based on nothing else. You can't negotiate a pay and keep the same rank. Your rank got to pay, and that's the end of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's why a lot of... I feel that's, that's why, like, propaganda a little bit keep black some Black people away, because they don't want you to okay. know how good federal jobs is for Black people. If you Ooh. knew, everybody would just do it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense to go try to fight to get a job as the manager at Walmart. They probably make good money, but you're going to make way better money at the post office if you can get a job there. Right. You're going to make way better money in the military at 17. There really is no job at 17 you're going to get where you're going to make more than the military. It just don't exist. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. If you're 22, you could have been in the military. If you're 22, you could be working on your second contract already, like me. I was into my second contract at 22. 
You know what I'm saying? And and, and think about how much money you had already made because you came in as an E4. Yeah, so, so I, I was I when, when I met y'all in 2011, I was 20 years old. I owned my house already. That's not no no 20 year olds was doing that, especially not if you wasn't in the streets. You didn't own nothing at 20 because you exactly. just didn't have. You know what I'm saying, bro? That's what that's what changing lanes represent, bro. That's what I I really wanted to get on here to do this to tell you that man, and to let people know that like, you know what I'm saying, and um, you gonna edit this? I'm gonna chop a few things up, yeah. Most of okay. Them. Well, I well I I want to say this part, and I I mean I I know you, so I think you're you're a man. You know, I didn't know how you was gonna feel about the military. You know what I mean? But I truly have never met. No matter how you came in or left or how long you stayed, I still have not met a person that. Be like, nah, you shouldn't go in. And I really thought, I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know because I, I, you know, I know you didn't really like the military at all. The way I got, this is the thing about me, right? The way that I got out, and I'm not going to say it on here, right? Because this is whatever, but, but, but you know right. how I got out. The way that I got out, I know that that was me on some trash. That's why I always tell people, if you can deal with the stuff that come with it, come in because you're not going to be able to match this type of money nowhere else at, at 21, no degree, making 40,000 plus a year. And I did, you know, I made BAH right when I got in trouble. I mean, I made E5 right when I got in trouble. I never got to get frocked because I got in trouble, but I made it right then. So I was about to start making way more money. Right. You know right. My pay was going, was about to, cause that, that E4 to E5 jump is a big one from, yeah. from there. I bought a house at E4. Imagine like how much extra money I was gonna have. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I, so I, I can't. Like I got a, I had an issue with the way that the specific people handled me, but the whole right. military as a whole. I'm like, this is just easy money. Like I didn't, I didn't. You couldn't tell me that there would have been another. If I'd have stayed in my city, they'd have killed me. You know why? Because I was right. Where I you was from? Going, I was. I'm from Youngstown, Ohio. I was just. I would just get into stuff and only because I was poor. So I just, you know what I'm saying? Try to find money or whatever. But the older I got, the more I was going to really get into it. Yeah. You know so it's, it was, it, it really, and I didn't, my family not from there. So, you know, I'm from a city where your family is everything. If you only got a big family, you, they probably going to get you up out of there pretty quick. Right. My, my family from PA. So I was living in Ohio. So it was best for me to just go to the military. It's like, that was just the smart thing to do. It really don't, I don't care how I got out. I'm I'm back good now. You know what I'm saying? I'm in a I'm in a nice size house in Atlanta. I wasn't even supposed to be able to bounce back like this. But right. I, but I knew where my mistake was back then. It wasn't the military. Yeah. wasn't a mistake. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's that's why yeah. I would tell people that's it's just all you got to do is go into it with a plan. When I was in Afghanistan, I didn't just sit there and collect money and just sit and just take pictures. I did all that. But I bought a I bought a real estate book to show a person how to buy a house at 19 See? in Afghanistan. See? I just would just sit at my desk and read that book. And I came home six, four months later. I closed on my first house. What What's made that? you be grab that book? Bro, I'm going to be real. I have no clue what I don't even know how I picked that specific book. I don't remember. But I but I just felt like it's time for me to buy a house. I would be living in the barracks before I went to the before I went to Afghanistan. I was in the barracks. That was cool, but I'm like, I just felt like I was being stagnant. And it's crazy because you like you 19, you doing good. 
But I just felt like it's the environment, I bro. It's the yeah. environment. That's that's what made me want to buy a house. Because like I said, I was an E5. I, I really, but I was 22, 23, but everybody was buying a house. So my chief was like, hey, man, you know, you finna have a baby in 03. Uh, my daughter was finna be born. He like, you might want to think about buying a house. I'm like, bro. And it's been such a good investment. Oh, my God. I'm renovating it now. And I, you know what I'm saying? Just like I was watching that video, bro, about the wealth, uh, the gap, how the wealth gap keep getting wider and wider. Mm -hmm. I brought my house at such a low price. Now I'm putting a little money into it. You know what I'm saying? I just got to, you know, maintain it for a little while. My kids going to have something, at least some, some kind of start. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm getting, I got more, I got three houses now, matter of fact, mm -hmm. but it was the environment. If I was 22, 23 and a working at Walmart, I wouldn't have been around older people making the same money as me. To show me, like you said, it's rank-based. So right. they had just been in longer and I excelled. Now I'm their peer. Right. So it's like, well, if, if, if you 22, 23 and I'm 35 and I got a family and three kids and a wife and a house, <laughs> you can get a house. You know yeah. what I mean? The environment lets you know, like you can, yeah. I can afford a house. Yeah. Even if I, and then I didn't know about ownership, bro. I thought I grew up in a house. I never knew we rented. I didn't know what Section Eight was. Mm -hmm. Nobody, you don't even know. Yeah. But when you get to the Navy, like mm -hmm. people, like yeah, you know, I did have a family home, luckily, but it was, you know, a family-owned building. My granddad had one, so even still, like you just, it was more exciting to own a car. You know what I mean? Even though I'm in a car club, my car paid off. Still got a challenger. You know what I mean? I want to teach people how to do it right. And just being in that environment, you I'm sure you heard somebody, or you like, bro, I'm stacking all this bread at night. I don't even got nothing, I ain't got nothing to do with my money. I might as well buy a damn house. You know what I mean? It's just the environment you in. That's what and, I think. And the market was down too. You know what my mortgage was back then? 550. Mortgage. And My then boy, you still right now. Because you've been having that house for a while, too. <laughs> yep, yep. Since 03. Four bedroom house. You already know. Rental Damn. property. And I, I refinanced after one year. They my, my um monthly payment went down to 480. So that's as an E4. Matt, when I would have got more rank, it would have just been just so much more money. Exactly. Yeah. You know who I did talk to back then that that put some little game on me, and I ain't gonna keep this going too long. It was a dude named uh, like ABF One Edwards. I don't know if you remember, or I don't know if it was ABF, but he was an AB rate, and he was a first class. But he was from Atlanta though, and he was just telling me how he would. This was like 2011. He was buying all these houses in Atlanta, and just what? renting them out. He said he, when I talked to him, he was like, "Yeah, I got nine houses down there. My dad uh, is the manager for me." He was he would. Can you this imagine now? He was putting on me, then I was young, I was 21, right? And he was telling me this and he he wasn't, it's not like I asked him, he just was talking to me. He was like, yeah, I got $750,000. Or he said, I got 500,000 in debt because of my houses. But he was, I was like, damn, I'm like, you know, I'm shocked. Like, that's a lot of debt. I never heard nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? He, like I told you, I'm thinking you old if you're 28. He was like 28, 29 years old, right? He was like, yeah, but my houses is worth 750. I'm blown, like my mind is blown. Like this man got mm. half a million in debt, but his house is worth 750. He in his late 20s talking like this. You know what I'm saying? Like this, you ain't really getting nothing like that 
from nowhere else but the military because you if you're in the military you've been making money for since you was a teenager so you get smarter yeah. faster yes yes that's another reason you get smarter faster because when because you already know what it's like to blow you know what i'm saying you you that first year you buy for me you know mm-hmm. what i mean pairs of jordans i buy Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Every paycheck, you can buy a new pair of Jordans if you want. Like literally, you want to be a shoe fanatic, you could you could be in the barracks. Like, look at my shoes, stunning mm-hmm. in the barracks. But your friends, not even they can't do that because they got to pay for somewhere to live. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? At a minimum. So yeah, man, that's my that's that's my thing, man. I just as a black man, I wanted to contribute, man, and I just used cars because cars, everybody drives a car and everybody likes a nice car. Yeah. That's it. And it, so it makes it easy for me to talk to you. It makes it easy when we don't have, if we're economically not on the same level, because you got, you might have a Bentley and I got a charge or a challenge or a Magnum like I had at a Magnum. People would still come over like, wow, man, these doors, how'd you guys do that? Like, oh, yeah, they just hinges, you know what I'm saying? But they was amazed by the car. That creates, uh, it breaks down barriers. Now, he don't see me like, a, a, like he wouldn't normally walk up and talk to me on the street. Mm-hmm. So I can't say how he sees me, but I know at this point, he's not afraid of me. We just two dudes talking about a car. Right. You know what I mean? That helped us get into advertisement. That helped us. That helped us not be seen as aggressive, like the United States portrays young black men. Aggressive, strong, want to rob, want to steal. The cars looking nice had young black people respecting us and people who, I'll say older white people, we'll just use that for the sake of better, I can't think of a better term, not fear us. You know what I mean? They It was a safe environment. They had the same car show we had. It was $20 to get in, but if it was twenty dollars in a movie theater, you you wouldn't even let me sit next to you in a the movie theater, probably. Right. You know what I'm saying with your family. But we there, and they like, babe, bring the kids over. Look at this guy's car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They now they don't me. even see. Yeah, now I got the opportunity to say, yeah, man, I'm a first class in the navy. Get out of here. You are. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. on the same ship as you. I'm a first class too. Really? Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? But he, he just look different. How old are you? You know what I mean? I used to get that. Oh, I'm thirty, but. That's the only reason why I was a car club. I just used an ambiguous object to try to get people to not see me as number one, a sellout, and number two, aggressive. That's fire, man. Y'all killed it. I need to say one more thing. My bad. I ain't mean to hold you this long, but we got we got. No, nah, we good. We good. Look, I normally don't even be interviewing people that I know, but I was like, nah, you too, you a legend. I'm about to put it on there. Die. Oh. You a le- car club legend. But look, this one up. This. Again, y'all, I got to put this in perspective. At y'all anniversary party in 2011, the all-white one, right? Oh, Allen Iverson. Iverson was there. This is, this is, you know what I'm saying? And y'all got to understand, see, look, y'all, y'all guys roll for me, too, I ain't going to lie, because I had asked Iverson, we in the hotel the day before the party, I asked Iverson, yo, can I get a, because I'm, again, I'm not like a cameraman at heart. I'm respectful. I'm not just going to take a picture of somebody that don't want a picture taken of them. I asked right. Iverson, can I took, I didn't ask him, can he take a picture with me? I said, can I take a picture of you? He was like, nah, he said something kind of a little disrespect. I felt disrespected. Right. And the guys, the guys around heard me, they asking me like, yo, what you want to do? I'm like, nah, he cool. 
we good because you know they was a little turned up. But some of the some of the guys was a little bit turned up. You know right. I'm like this. Yeah. Animal. You know what I'm saying? Like cool. You know what I mean? I just respected it. I'm like, but this, but this is what y'all got to understand. This is the type of car club. <clears throat> the other car clubs wanted to be like them. They went everywhere they went, and Iverson was at their all white party. They told Iverson, "Look, man, we bought all the rooms in this hotel." Yep. You, Iverson, because people don't know, you know, before that Reebok deal hit at 40, it was different. It was a different story for AI for a minute. Yeah. It was a different story for him at that point, right? They told him, look, we can let you get a room, but you got to come to our party. Yep. Yep. Yeah, y'all not, yep. not understanding what was going on. These people was the biggest movement in Virginia. And this is <laughs> Iverson's home state. They told him, well, what's up, if you want to come to this, if you want to stay in this hotel this weekend, you gotta come to this party. I was there I for forgot all about that. I didn't. I was yeah. There for all that. yeah, 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 yeah. That's fire, we man. did. That's true. And I was a man. It was like, man, come on. I said, man, you gotta come to the party. Gotta come. Hey, AI called me back and said, look, I'm gonna come. Right? He said, but man, you already know what's going on with my family, man. I can't have no incidents, man. I said, bro, we don't even roll like that. We for the community, bro. You're going to be welcome. You a legend, bro. We are, it's, this is an honor. I said, you know what? Matter of fact, I apologize for trying to, like, blackmail you. The room is yours. You know what I'm saying? We, I would not have you. This your, this way you stay. This your city. The room is yours. Whether you come or not. At this point, I'm just saying, can you help us out? Because we doing stuff in the community, and it would be an honor to say we did something with you in your community. You know what I mean? He was like, say no more. So he not only came there, he came to the party Friday night, too. Mm-hmm. Just because I was like, the room is already yours. If you say no, the room is already yours. I'm, yeah. I'm not going. So he could have been like, nah, well, I just made for room. But he, he still showed up. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah. And I know I know that he told me no, because he was going through something at that time. It was it was like a right. It was it was stuff going on for sure. That's why I respected it. You know what I mean? I wasn't yeah. going to make a situation. I did want that picture. I ain't going to lie, because. This is AI. He, still, he took pictures with us, though. He did. I mean, no, no, I got pictures of him at the party, but that was a party. Oh, yeah. It was the day before. Right. It was all in close quarters. You know, so I was standing right next to him when I asked him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he still came and people didn't mob up on him because everybody was in there all white. So y'all was feeling feeling real fresh. I got I got the videos of that, too. I got all that stuff. Oh, man. Bro, we, man, if the documentary, documentary ever go down, I'm going to say, look, I, hey, I need one guy on hand, man, because you yeah. got to watch. You was telling, you was watching the story happen, helping us create the story for it to be digital. You got a lot of footage. You I still got it? Yeah, I got. Yeah, I do. I be looking. I be looking back at it sometimes. I will be looking at my pictures, and I I mostly took pictures, but I got videos too, though. For sure. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, dope, man. Know. All right, look, I ain't gonna hold you no more. I know, um, man, my family upstairs. Like, where where is you at? Where can people yeah. follow? Where can people follow you at, man? We want to support. We want to make sure we keep on growing the movement. Where can they follow you? Follow Just go on Facebook, man. We got an Instagram page, a Changing Lanes page, but really our Facebook is the biggest. You know, we still owe a little bit. Um, just at Changing Lanes is C H A N G I N L A N E Z, and you'll see our page, man. Um, it'll come up. Yeah, for sure. Y'all go searching on YouTube and you find Change of Lanes. It's a good chance one of them videos going to pop up is one that I shot back, you know, when they was on the highway or something or maybe at a party or something, anything. It yeah. is. 
our, our, uh, you shot the commercial for the um, uh, the party that we had with Rick G's and the great AJ. Remember AJ the host? He passed away too. Yeah, I was looking at that. You know what's crazy? You t- AJ is the what? big dude. Yeah, that's who I'm talking about when I said that I met him through y'all and he brought the model chick with him. Mm. AJ is he passed away? I didn't know that. Yeah, he did. He uh, he did. I, I can't remember what it's from, but that was like, nah, he, he was doing a lot of stuff, but that was a big thing. Man, legend. He was a legend. Then Rick G's, I mean, you know, official DJ for the Clips, mm-hmm. legend. And then we was doing our thing. So that, that, ooh, that party was crazy. But you did the commercial for that. That, was, that comes up on YouTube sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, man, I ain't gonna hold you no more, man. Shout out All to right, bro. Thank this. you, man. We're gonna, we gonna make sure we let it be known. Change of lanes, change with chargers and looks it, it is titled as the military car because of change of lanes, man. So we're gonna stamp that. You said you thought about it, but you ain't want to say it. I say it for you. I know for a fact that's what it is. Because you know, around that time, bro, last thing, there was a lot of people. We was moving and growing so fast. We was at Myrtle Beach, bro. People tried to steal our name, bro. Oh man, if you could get this to producers. You know, 50 Cent, man, you kind of look like 50 a little bit, but maybe it's the beard. Look, if they made a story about BMF, if they ever do a a TV series or movie about car club, we got the stories for you, boy. I remember the Changing Lanes dude, too. The dude who, like, was a, um, he started promoting parties, named himself exactly Changing Lanes. No, no, that dude was He was cool, but he did take the name, though. He did, but he, when he found out like me, I said, look, I took it as a challenge. So when I found out and he explained how he had his business set up, ENT, I was like, okay. But in my head, I'm like, you sure you want to do this? Because when you show up and promote change your lanes, they're going to look for us. I'm saying you can change your name because you're not. But after a little while, he we start rocking together and he changed the name. But now I'm talking about these cats up in D.C., so cats up in DC tried to steal our name, bro. They tried, they stole everything. They tried. They had a logo, everything, bro. We had to go up there and shut it down. Thanks. That's why we was never changing lanes DC. We was changing lanes DMV because he had messed our name up. I remember, I remember a little bit about that too. Yeah. Oh, dang. Wait, did you come with us? I went no, to the we, I went up. No, there. it was already straightened out by the time we met you. Okay. Nah, okay. I was straightened out. But y'all was yeah, still DMV we, when I met you, though. It was still DMV. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we was, because originally we was going to be changing lanes DC. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what a DMV was. But yeah. the people that lived up there were like, let's just do DMV. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But, man, we got stories forever, bro. But like yeah. I said, I appreciate you, man. And and, and man. you helped you helped us, man, get out there. Yeah, I was, I was trying. I was doing my part. Y'all was doing y'all part, man. Man, that's Let fine. me get this when you edit this down, man. I want to see this. All right, cool. I'm going to take clips and put clips up first, like short clips before I do the whole interview. But yeah, I appreciate it, though, man. All right, Kilo. Appreciate thanks, it. man. All right. Thanks, bro. Yeah.